you're probably also used to hearing about five-on-five basketball because it's the traditional style of basketball. It's the normal game. Well, today I wanted to branch off and talk about the game of three-on-three basketball as a whole because three-on-three basketball is gaining exposure and gaining popularity throughout the entire world. I mean, the Olympics are adding it in 2020 as an official sport. And Ice Cube just started the professional three-on-three league called the Big Three, where the former NBA stars can come out and play in front of the fans. So the sport of three-on-three is growing. What I decided to do is instead of talk about it myself, I decided to bring on a guest who has a lot of experience in the, in the game of three-on-three. Vince Horderman, who is in charge of the marketing and media relations for one of our local three-on-three uh, -three basketball tournaments here in Boise, Idaho, was kind enough to let me go to his office and interview him so we could get his insight on the game of three-on-three. -three. So just so you know, when you take a podcast on the road, you're taking your equipment on the road. Well, you can always you know, run into those technical difficulties, which is exactly what happened during our interview. Uh, right as I got my equipment set up, my computer decided it was going to have to do an update. It's all right, though. We still were able to record the interview, but I had to do it with my phone. So when you listen to the interview coming up, just realize that it was done with my phone, which is why there might be a little bit of an echo, but still the message is the same. Please listen in as Vince gives his insight on the sport of three-on-three. -three. Hope you like today's episode on the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time What's going on, everybody? This is Shane Larson from the Game Time Guru. Now, this week's episode is being brought to you by Bam Jam Boise. Uh, the 10th annual Facities Bam Jam is a street ball party for everyone and takes place August 12th and 13th in downtown Boise, Idaho. Uh, for more information, visit www.bamjamboise.com and make sure to register. Now, you can find me on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play Music. And right now, I wanted to break the news to you that I'm actually on a new app called Anchor. Uh, it's where I can give my daily quick takes. It's a new platform for me to be able to, you know, share some quick two to five minute segments with you on the on the daily. Uh, and then you can also go to Stitcher as normal for my weekly uh, main podcast at a roughly 20 to 30 minutes. So today I'm joined by Vince Horderman, uh, who happens to be in charge of all the marketing and media relations for Bam Jam, uh, which is a three on three basketball tournament in Boise, like I said. And uh, Vince, if you could just give us a quick, you know, introduction of who you are and what you do. Certainly. Uh, yeah, Vince Horteman and been with Bam Jam obviously going on 10 years now. Born and raised here in the Treasure Valley and uh, been a basketball guy my entire life. I grew up, my dad was a varsity coach here in the Treasure Valley and uh, so my brother and I grew up in the gym together and it's always been a part of us. So uh, even though we went to school and studied different things, the basketball has always been in our blood and really brought us back around and that's how we, we ended up here. Awesome, man. I appreciate that. So like you said, you know, Bam Jam has been around for 10 years. This is, this is the 10th year it's going on. Um, now, growing up in the Treasure Valley as well, um, I've been to a lot of tournaments, and we were discussing it earlier. Uh, Round Ball Ruckus was a tournament back in the day when I was in, like, third, fourth grade. We used to play that, you know, out at uh, the Boise Town Square Mall, and then they moved it over to Boise State University. That kind of faded out, though. It just kind of disappeared. Uh, a couple years later, I think it was my freshman year in high school, we had one at uh, 
the the outlet mall. I don't even know what it was called. Yeah, it was a fun tournament, but I mean, it was just like one or two years and that faded away. But like we said, Bam Jam three on three basketball tournament is going on its 10th year. Can you kind of explain how you guys have been so successful in keeping this tournament going for so long? Yeah, I think like a lot of people, we have participated in a lot of events as well. And when you do that, you learn what works and, and what doesn't. You know what you like and what you don't like. And one of the things that we noticed, because we volunteered at them too, is that these groups would come in and they'd, they'd put on a good show, but then they'd leave. And the impact that it had on the community was pretty minimal. And living here and, and wanting to see this community be successful, we thought, let's do something similar. Take the things that we like, put those in there remove the things that we don't like, and then do it in a way that's going to give back to the community. And doing that that process and, and making it better every single year, but also just living here. I mean, we know we have to show our faces when we walk down the streets, and if we don't do a good job, we have to own up to that. I think that, that helps us keep things moving in the right direction. So hopefully we're doing a good job. It seems like we are, apparently. Uh, you know, People have let us stay here for 10 years, so we'll, we'll keep it going. No, for sure. And, and right before we actually started recording, we were talking about how like how small of a town this really is, small of a community this really is. Uh, when you say you had like you have to show your face around, like I, the, their mother, like Vince and his brother, claimed their their mother was actually my PE teacher back in the day. So like we, it's a small small world, small uh, community around here. So yeah, that's a definitely important safe face. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. One other question um, I have here in regards to, to Bam Jam is there's mo- other major three-on-three uh, basketball tournaments such as Spokane's Hoop Fest. Um, Nike has their tournament in L.A. And, and Hoop Fest, in regards to that, they're actually growing and going into Las Vegas. Uh, that, I think they're going into their second year now, going into Las Vegas. What do you guys, like, how does it compare, like, how does Bam Jam in Idaho compare to those tournaments? And, and what would you, you know, like to do going forward to see if they can continue to grow and to maybe get to that size? Right. Well, they're very similar formats. Obviously, uh, you're playing three-on-three basketball. The rules are very similar. So it's not like we're reinventing the wheel on that. I think what probably we do differently and, and what Spokane does differently for them and what their Vegas tournament has done for Vegas and what the L.A. tournament does for L.A. is it has its own community flair. So when you go to the Vegas tournament, I think they do it on, at least last year they did it on top of one of the casino roofs. That's, okay. that's a pretty unique situation for them. For us... We have it down in the park. Uh, we do it by the Capitol Building, which is obviously very unique to Boise. We have the dunk competition on there, which no one else in the world actually does. So every tournament offers something unique. And for us, being here in the community, that's probably what we have to offer that the others don't. Once again, uh, I just wanted to let you guys know the episode is being brought to you by Bam Jam Boise. The 10th annual Fast Eddie's Bam Jam is a street ball party for everyone and takes place August 12th and 13th in downtown Boise, Idaho. If you guys want some more information on it and how to register and the rules of the game, go to www.bamjamboise.com. Now, we just talked about, you know, how Bam Jam compares to the major tournaments such as Hoop Fest and the, the tournament down in LA. Um, now I want to talk about the sport of three on three basketball as a whole. Now, Vince, we got, uh, it's gaining popularity. We know that it's going on, um, in the Olympics starting in 2020, I believe. Uh, hell's sakes, friggin', uh, Ice Cube just started the Big Three Professional League, um, if that's what you want to call it, quote-unquote, professional basketball. I just want your take on it, and, and I want you to explain, you know, what's so intriguing about three-on-three basketball compared to the normal five-on-five style. I think the, the appeal 
for three on three is that really anybody can do it. And you don't need a lot of equipment. You, you just need a basket and half court. You don't have to run up and down. If, if you're looking to play at the park and you don't have 10 guys, all you need is six and you can go play. So it's kind of the every man's version of basketball, uh, which, which opens it up to a lot more people. As far as the, the appeal with the Olympics and the big three, it's really an interesting time because both of these sort of officially kicked in at the same time, really. The Olympics just got, just, you know, took in the three on three as an Olympic sport for men and women. And then the big three just started a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens, um, with these as things move through. Right now, I think on the Olympic level, it's going to really build the popularity, but we'll see if it's a novelty or if it's going to be a, a standalone ongoing deal. A long time ago, baseball became a Olympic sport for a little bit. And then it, you know, with all these different things that have happened with the world baseball competition, all that things have changed, but beach volleyball stuck around and it's very fan friendly. So that's what their intent is with the three on three at the Olympics is to have really have it outdoors, have the DJs out there, have a dunk competition and really keep it fan friendly and make it exciting. The big three, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens <laughs> there. Uh, I, I, his philosophy, Ice Cube's philosophy on these are the guys I still want to see play. I think that that holds true. I think what we want to see them do is play in their prime, right? Not, not where they are now. Uh, you know, Jason Williams was injured in the first 10 minutes or something. Yeah. And that happens. That Don't get me wrong. That could happen anywhere, but. These guys are not the same players that they were. Allen Iverson gets in there for three or four minutes is all, and then he's he's back to being a coach. And so if you came to see him play, that's one thing. But it doesn't mean that the sport isn't isn't real. I don't think it's WWE or anything like that. I think okay. it's a real sport. We'll just have to see where it goes. If there's anybody that can make it happen, though, Ice Cube is the is the marketing guru when it comes to entertainment. And uh, <laughs> if somebody can make it a go or at least give it every chance it, it can get, he's probably the guy to do it. So, man, I appreciate the insight on that. Um, I was, in regards to the big three, the comparisons people are making with basketball and football is that it's the XFL of basketball, right? And I think that if we, honestly, right now, I think it's just a test. You know, we're looking at these guys that are out of their prime. If you can take these, like, maybe next year going forward, they, they take the college players that never really made it into the league that can still ball. Like, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Jimmer Fredette, but if they have a four-point shot in the big three, like, Maybe he can come out there and start playing, get some, you know, publicity, get the the popularity going. Um, I think it has potential, but like you said, I mean, it's it's kind of it's just you want to see those guys in their prime, and it's almost, for lack of a better term, sad. Like when I was watching, uh, who was it? Oh yeah, I think it's Katino Mobley. I'm like, dude, the guy's almost got a broken hip, and he's out there. So yeah, it's it's actually sad right now, but it's cool to see that it, you know they're taken to a professional level, and apparently the fans are loving it so far. They're selling out the stadiums. I mean, like you said, Ice Cube's doing a good job getting it out there. We just got to see how the first year goes, and then we'll move forward uh, with it. Obviously, you've, you've been around the sport, and, and you've seen what works and what doesn't with the game. And just a couple minutes ago, you and I were discussing, like, when you used to play and compete in the tournaments, and you mentioned that you played in the six-foot-and-under the six foot and under division and I was giving you a little bit of grief for it because you, you seem like you're tall as tall as I am and I'm six two and it seems like a lot of guys do that, right? They they go off their driver's license and they might purposely do that, or so we think. We don't want to make assumptions, but they you know, they put it six foot so that they can play basketball with the with the smaller guys, but can you give like the listeners any insight? You've been around the game long enough to see what works, what doesn't like 
how much does height actually matter if you're in the sport of three on three? Um, like how many shooters should you have on a team? Like what have you seen that works and, and what could you tell us? Well, and for clarifications on my height, I'm actually six eight, um, <laughs> but I have my license at six foot so I can get into the smaller leagues. The, the height itself, I don't think is important as the productivity when you are on the court. And so specifically for three on three, usually you're playing ones and twos. So what we've seen is that teams that have uh, a guy that can break down a defense and attack the basket and either draw a defender or obviously finish are going to be very effective, especially if they have a kickout guy. Because we've seen veteran teams do this where they will literally drive past their defender and then drive at another guy's defender who happens to be the ace spot-up shooter and then just kick out for twos and in 10 shots the game's over. And it's all on purpose. So if you've got a guy, a breakdown guy and a shooter, you, you have a huge advantage. If you're a post player, you're going to have to learn to expand your game, uh, especially if you look at, and we haven't really dove into the FIBA rules, but where the pace of play is so different um, with the different rules, and then the, you know they shoot free throws now instead of just awarding points or that, but you actually rebound and that kind of thing. The post player isn't going away. But the presence is definitely different. You have to be able to be a kind of a stretch big, I think, to be the most effective because that two-pointer, you're getting more value out of that shot. You can miss more shots from that range but still have an effect as opposed to twos and threes. So you got to have a shooter. And, and then, of course, if you've got that, that lockdown defender um, that's just going to prevent the whole thing from happening, then that's a huge advantage too. So I would say if you're going to build your team, if you're the GM, you're putting your team together, you want a driving kick guy, you want a, a deadly shooter, and you want at least one good defender. And uh, and after that, you just kind of have to see how the game goes. I like that because um, in, in my experience playing, uh, the team that I always play with, I have the same buddy. Him and I have played every single tournament together since 2010. Um, and we always have a mixture of different guys with us each year. But, like, we, it's been me and him through Hoop Fest, through Bam Jam and everything. And we've won three championships in the summer. We've won... Um, just one in the spring for the competitive division, at least. We don't usually go into the elite because the elite is stacked with six, eight, six, nine guys, and each one of us is six, three, and under. But our philosophy is live by the three, die by the three, and we're shooters. And I'll be honest, like my game is limited. I don't put the ball on the floor a lot. I can create. I'm a really good defender. I pride myself in the fact that I'm strong enough to defend bigger guys, especially down low, and I can shoot, and so can he. And I mean, I, I to go along with your point. He can break down the defense and he can shoot. So he he causes a lot of mismatches, dishes it out to me, I'll shoot it. Uh, if I can shoot it or dish it out to him, he'll shoot it. And we've seen success. I mean, it's been me and him, me and him, we go together. And we're hoping that this year we'll be able to do the same thing. So, yeah, like I, I totally agree with you. Um, I think there's a lot of guys out there. There's one locally, I won't say his name, but he's a shorter dude and everybody knows him. He plays in the six and over elite all the time. Dude can stroke. So, And I've seen him win. Games and it's a lot. Uh, a lot of it has to do with him. Like I think in 2011, I think actually, yeah, he has the picture right there from the Bam Jam 2011 when he hit the game winner at the top of the key. Uh, guys like what five nine, six foot maybe, and he can stroke and, and beat the big dude. So, totally agree with you on that one. So, on top of you know running Bam Jam, you guys keep yourself pretty busy with Idaho Select. Now, can you tell us a little bit about what is Idaho Select? What is that? So Select is a is a club program uh, that runs pretty much year round. We take uh, elite players and we travel in the spring and throughout July to 
NCAA certified events, and, and the hopes is that, you know, A, they're going to be able to see and play against another level of competition, which will then help them move up a level. And then also for the guys that are uh, college prospects, they'll be able to be seen a little bit more um, and really prove that they are at that level, which can be difficult um, on a local level because the competition you play against matters. And um, here you don't always know what you're going to get, and that's the case in a lot of places. But when you go on the road and you're in Anaheim and you're in Vegas and you're playing against other High major players, um, if you can hack it, then there's no doubt left in the coach's minds. Uh, and it's a chance to really either get exposure or be exposed. But either way, at least they're getting an opportunity. So that's what we try to do with Select. And it's been going, it's, it's going into our 20th summer, so things have been going pretty good there. I just kind of want your own opinion on this. Obviously, you're probably going to be a little bit biased because you're, you're kind of running with that organization and helping the kids out. But just for the listeners out there, if you were to, like, you have a couple kids of your own now, you mentioned, um, Moving forward, would you encourage your kids if they're going to participate in basketball? Let's say if you had a, if you have a boy, I have a little boy. Um, should I should I encourage him to participate not only in the high school level but on the on the club sport level as well? Should I should I encourage him if he intends on going to play in, at the collegiate level? Well, I, I think it all starts with the goals. Yeah. If a if a player wants to either get better, and that may just be get better so that I can make my varsity team. Or it could be, I want to prove and get better so that I can play at the college level. Then club sports are a great way to supplement the things that you're already doing. And, you know, a lot of times it comes down to this high school versus club versus independent personal trainers. And it shouldn't be a versus situation. They should all be working together. So what you do with your club experience should then translate back to your high school experience to make that one better. And what you do at the high school level you should be learning from and you can work on your individual stuff and go, okay, I need to make this better. And then that should translate back to the club and it should go full circle where everything that you're doing works together to get you to the, whatever your goal may be. And for everybody, that's going to be a little bit different. So you have to figure out, okay, what, what do I want to do? Where are my priorities at? Um, it, it, and I would say this too, and this has been, been a bit of a debate, but we always say don't specialize in basketball all the way through. Play multiple sports. Play football, play baseball, run track. These things are going to develop your skill sets, but also your character and your ability to go in and out of different roles on a team better because you're going to have to experience things in different ways. And that's going to make you the complete player regardless of the sport you want to do. So if it's basketball, great. You're going to be great at that. If it's football, it's going to make you a better football player to play these other sports. If you just want to be really good at sports, but what you really care about is playing the guitar it's going to help that too because you're going to have to learn how to work hard. You're going to have to learn how to get up when you fall down. You're going to have to learn when things don't go my way. I've got to find a way. If I'm really passionate about this, I've got to find a way to make it work. And that applies to everything. So club is very important. Obviously, I'm biased. You're right because I do this for a living. Right. But it's it's just a piece of the overall puzzle. And really, you got to look at where what are my goals and, and how what's my journey going to be to get there. And then let these different pieces help you get to that point. Don't make it one versus the other. Try to do as much as you can while keeping your priorities straight. I think that's the biggest thing. So, man, I appreciate that. Um, I think that's going to help out a lot of the listeners as well. If there's anyone who's actually like going through that in the high school level and they kind of are debating whether or not they should go into club sports, it's a lot of, it's a, it's good advice for them. Um, and Vince, once again, I appreciate you letting me come in here today with you. Um, it's actually been a really cool opportunity to learn for myself. And, um, once again, guys, this episode's being brought to you by Bam Jam Boise. 
The 10th annual Fast Eddie's Bam Jam is a street ball party for everyone and takes place August 12th and 13th in downtown Boise, Idaho. Go visit www.bamjamboise.com. And if you want to play or participate in the, in the tournament, make sure you uh, get in there and register. Once again, guys, this is Shane Larson from the Game Time Guru. We'll talk to you next week.